millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome to In Off The Bar, your weekly ref update uh, brought to you by Orton No Better podcast. Uh, I'm joined today by Orton No Better regular Luke and soon to be regular Jimmy, uh, the ref. How are you doing, Jimmy? How are you doing, Luke? Not too bad, gentlemen. Good, thanks. Good stuff, good stuff. Now, uh, Jimmy, we're going to cover two games today, but because uh, the Palace game was last week and it was fairly, fairly incident-free, would you just give us a quick rundown on, on what you thought the Palace, how the ref went during the Palace game and uh, we'll move swiftly on to, yeah. to the last night's game then. Andrew Mariner was the referee uh, appointed to that game. I thought overall uh, he had a very, very good game. He he was very lenient to, you know, to players and that. He could have issued cards early on in the game. He decided not to. He applied well, Referees normally call the 18th law, which is common sense. There's 17 laws in the game of football, but we always say there's 18 common sense. And he certainly applied uh, the 18th law uh, in that game. I think he's a very good referee, Andrew Mariner. Uh, for me, he didn't do anything wrong. He, there was no issues that you could fault him on. I'd say after the game was over, when the observer went into the dressing room to speak to the officials, you know, it was... Uh, Happy all around. I think everyone would have been happy with his performance. Certainly, he would be very pleased himself with the way he handled the game. Yeah, that's all right. Yeah, it seemed like he did. Uh, he did quite well throughout the game. There was no contentious issues that I would have thought of to to maybe bring up or anything like that. What about yourself, Luke? No, no, not from what I can remember. As you say, it was a, was a week or so ago. But but um, I think I think. I think it's easier to to not criticise a ref after a good performance. I think that was our strongest mm. performance of the season. Um, so to try and find fault for the ref would be a little bit unjustified, I think. Yeah. Um, but yeah, what 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 would what score would you have given um, Mariner on that, Jimmy? I'd have given him point four. point four. That's the normal. You know, that's up there. The, the most you give is nine point nine, but eight point four, eight point five, and rather. But I always remember the manager of the local team when they had a team in uh, what they called the A-League it was equivalent to your National League and a pointed referee from 
I think he was from a, a place called Athlone, uh, way outside uh, our county. And uh, the local team were beaten 4-0 uh, on the night. And I spoke to the manager, who could be very, very vocal, you know, at matches about referees. And I asked him, what did he think about the referee? And he gave me a reply, which I still think about today. He didn't even know he was in the ground. And that speaks volumes for the ways that lad handled the game. Mm. It wasn't all about him. He was there to do a job, and he did it to the best of his ability. And he wasn't the focal point at any time during the game. And you could say that, you know, Marin or the other night, the Palace game. It was about the players, the team was on the pitch, and it certainly wasn't about him. Got a fair assessment. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think it was uh, It was probably one of his, his best games that I've seen him ref, to be fair. Like, and he's done, he's done a few of ours already, like, you know. Yeah. Um, We'll uh, we'll move on now to the uh, the Arsenal game last night, Jimmy. The the first half. What did you make of? Uh, well, we won't go into the goals we conceded just yet. We'll we'll try and fix it on the ref for a moment, and then we'll move on to what happened defensively and whatnot. How do you think he handled the first half, Jimmy? Considering how it went, I thought short half did very well. The only thing I would fault him for was the the penalty that he awarded, and it was advised by Michael Oliver to go and look at the monitor. And that tells me that he was in a very, very poor position when he gave that decision, that he was in a bad position because certainly, now again, like a referee on the pitch don't have, you know, uh, the cameras flashing straight away. So he's got to make a quick decision. Uh, It's instinct. It appeared from the angle that he was coming at that it was a foul. But certainly if you're looking at it from the television, the angle that we had, it wasn't a foul. Both players kind of leaned into one another. You're entitled to use your shoulder and that. But the Arsenal yeah. player went down too cheaply for me and that. And in fairness to Stuart Atwell, he had the courage to go and look at the monitor and come back and no, because I don't know the know this or not. He doesn't have to look at the monitor. He yeah. doesn't have to take advice from VAR. He can go with his own instinct and he can say, penalty, there's no need for me to with the monitor. Uh, the second penalty that he gave, he was 100% correct. Mm. He was in a good position for it. Uh, an old Irish saying, a blind man and a galloping horse. Uh, <laughs> 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 certainly wouldn't have missed it. It was a blatant foul. And, uh, yeah. but, uh, in fairness to, to him, I thought overall he handled the game very well. His cares were uh, warranted when there was yeah. no problem with me in the way that he distributed cars and that it was at times I, I thought maybe his positioning you know wasn't what it should have been for a premiership mm. referee uh, he was very fortunate and he was very lucky in many respects to get away with his position in that because uh, you run diagonals when you have officials and, that, and now, going back some years, and that you, along with the two assistant referees, you also have the fourth official who can, you know, instruct referees of an incident behind his back, or either the officials, you know, haven't picked up on that. So for me, uh, with that kind of confidence going into a, a game, and he, he just seemed to get his position wrong on quite a few occasions. But I think overall. Uh, he didn't do very, very much wrong. I thought he, he was fairly good. I give him if I was to mark him up, I'd give me a point two. Right, just, and, um, sorry, sorry, Luke. No, sorry, no, just go go, just Luke. going back to what you said there, Jimmy, about 
it doesn't have to. I'm quite surprised that given uh, VAR's uh, introduction and, and their intervention, that he doesn't have to go and look at it. And that is news to me. Uh, I thought that it was advised to go look and they sort of have to go look and make a decision off the television. I have to say as well that my first, when I first saw it, I didn't think it wasn't a penalty, but I thought it was a soft penalty. Um, uh, so, I, so I can see why Mariner gave it on the first look, especially when he's down at field level as well. Um, however, when you quite rightly say, at least he had the bollocks then to go back and actually say, look, I've made a clear and obvious mistake here. It was already on his way down. It's no penalty. First of all, VAR is there to advise and help referees, and certainly the offside, it hasn't it has created more issues than it should when it comes to the offside law. But the referee does not have to. His job is the four lines, inside the four lines, that's his job. His duty is to implement the laws of the game and to protect the players and that. He can take advice from VAR, but he doesn't have to act on it. They can issue all the instructions but he does not have to act on it. He can say that he's quite happy with the decision uh, mm. he has made. Now, you know, if, if you look at the other codes of football that have uh, VAR, I mean, uh, rugby was the first to bring it in. And uh, we've seen incidents over the weekend where, uh, well, last week an Irish player was sent off. We had a Scottish player sent off uh, this weekend because of the uh, incident that the referee was advised to look at. It's totally different their rules, they have no choice but to take instructions from the video referees. Soccer, it's down to the referee. He does not have to take directions from VAR. He can take advice if he wants and he can look at the monitor. And I give him credit for going over and having looked at the monitor and deciding that no, this was no penalty. Fair point. Um, Just uh, in, in... You know, in relation to penalties, Jimmy, um, we had a discussion in the the, the podcast group there um, yesterday about Bamford's uh, Bamford's claim for a penalty. Now, we were kind of under the impression anywhere else on the pitch that's a penalty or a free kick. How come? How come they didn't? You know, even review it or even have a, a replay of it. If like if if it's a free kick anywhere else on the pitch, like. Well, again, that's one of the the things that uh, gets up my nose, certainly, as regards to uh, an issue that's created inside the box and the same incident occurs outside. It's a free kick outside and it's not a free kick inside. But the difference, Bamford wasn't denying the goal scoring opportunity in that particular incident. So So therefore, it would be a pretty soft penalty, it would be a pen, like it was a foul. Uh, you can give an indirect free kick inside the area. You certainly could have been an indirect free kick for it. The only direct free kick you give inside the penalty area is a penalty. But uh, it would have been very, very soft and wrong in my position. Yes, outside where uh, there's no chance of scoring a goal if it's in the middle of the park or wherever, then it's a free kick and a caution and that. And it's unfortunate because for me, if a foul is committed, irrespective of what part of the pitch, it's a foul and it should be penalised and punished accordingly. But yeah. referees take a, a view that, you know, with the pulling and dragging that's going on in the penalty box from set pieces and that, games would be won on penalties. You know, you could have seven rare penalties a match for either side yeah. just to try the game. It's just Sorry, Carl. Go ahead, go mate. It, Sorry. No, no, you're all right. Go ahead. Um, it, it just, it, it struck me as kind of, 
like we were talking about inconsistency with some refs, you know, a couple of weeks ago, Jimmy, and we were kind of like if it is a free kick elsewhere on the pitch, like you said, it should be punishable. But if it's if it's a case that it, like the, those two players didn't play the ball, they played the player, and and that's kind of what has my my back up about it is that they made no effort to play the ball. Granted, they can shadow the ball or whatever, but they didn't make any effort to play it the ball. It was almost obstruction, wasn't it? They were almost yeah, obstructing him from getting near the ball rather than an actual sort of... A, and, and, a and that's why I think... Yeah, that's well, why I think it was... Obstruction is not a direct free kick. Obstruction is a, an indirect free kick, first and foremost, and that. And it's, you know, there is a certain amount of consistency with regards to decision-making that were referees at every level of... Uh, Football, whether it be at lower leagues and Premiership, but in an incident like that, you'd be wrong to give a penalty because that type of issue goes on week in, week out, and for me, it, it would take away from the game. You know, if you were to give soft penalties like that, because players would, would play for. You know, I, I just don't see it working. Yes, when it's outside the area and that, and you're not denying. And, Obvious goal scoring chance, you're, you're punishing the player for committing a foul. But inside the box, you know, you give a penalty for obstruction when it's just to uh, you have a card offence. You know, you, you can't, obstruction is not a, a, a direct free kick. Well, well, should they, should they start punishing those particular incidents with indirect free kicks and a booking rather than kind of going straight for a penalty? You can go right. Okay, it's not it's not a, a a clear and obvious foul where he's going to stop him scoring, but it is well, a foul nonetheless, and there's an indirect free kick and a booking. Like again, I did say this to you a couple of weeks back. It's the legislators, uh, for some unknown reason, uh, tweak the laws every season and that. And some years back, they told the referees to get tough with regards to uh, set pieces, <coughs> corner kicks, pulling and dragging on players that. Was a penalty. Now, pulling and dragging, when you put your hands in the player and you pull them to the wrong, if it's inside the area, it is a penalty, no question about it. The first referee to implement it was our friend Mike Dean. He had no problem, he put it the spot. All of a sudden, the legislators, oh, you know, referee, uh, let the game flow a little bit first. That was a soft penalty. So it's down to the legislators and the pressure that they're putting on. Uh, the officials. The officials are acting within the confines of the law, but there's added pressure put on by the legislators telling them that this is the way they want it. And in some cases, I've seen it. You know, in some cases, these fellas never kicked a ball in their lives. Yeah. You know, that's the strange thing about it. A lot of these people never. I mean, my own organisation, the Football Association of Ireland, there's people involved in it. Uh, I'd say if you were to look for the oldest people in the world, you'd find them in. All right, yeah, yeah. Uh, have you got anything you want to add there, Luke? No, no, not really. Fair, again, fair assessment. I don't think Mariner was 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 appalling. Uh, I think he showed. I think he showed some real some real steel to, to actually overturn the initial decision that he'd made to give him that well, first penalty. Luke, that was that well, that was referee that game. That's Sorry, sorry, yeah, yeah. Uh, sorry, Atwell, yeah, yeah, yeah Atwell. He, he had the courage to do it, and it takes. I always remember myself uh, some years back. It was youth uh, cup final, famous uh, 
team in Ireland, Shamrock Rovers. Carl would know all about them. And I have a penalty against them. Now, I was in a very poor position. But the problem I had was the assistant referee. The, the way as he put the flag up, the ball had gone out over the MN. The way as he put the flag up, because uh, some years back, a referee, if, if the assistant referee was given a penalty, he would put the flag across his chest just to indicate to the referee that it was a penalty. Now, the referee would not go over and discuss it with him uh, as to why, what was the reason for unless there was a card, he'd indicate from that a card had to be issued as well. But the change that ways of uh, assistant referees notifying the um, referee, because that, of course, they have the ear monitor now on that. But I remember the, the assistant referee, it was the way he was holding the flag, and I pointed to the penalty spot. And, you know, I thought, have I done wrong here? Because, you know, there was astonishment even on the team I gave the penalty to. They weren't expecting it either. Oh, but right. it just looked from the angle that I was coming at, that it was a penalty. So I went over and I confronted the assistant referee. And he says, no, no. What actually happened, there was a bee yeah, <laughs> because he was sweating and the bee was going around him and that. And he put the flag I just changed my decision and that was it, you know, we, we yeah. all had a good laugh over it, but, you know, it, it, it's hard enough to be referees, but when you have legislators who, you know, every season because of backlash from fans and soccer pundits and that. And now we have seen it with the offside law, the ways they have started to tweak it. And you're going to see a different offside law come in for the new season, 21-22 season. It'll be a complete change. Right. And there's a couple of decisions that are just absolutely mind-boggling. If you look at the Liverpool incident, forget our own incident with Bamford. If you look at the oh, Liverpool yeah. incident... Uh, it was absolutely horrendous. Uh, there was an incident in the game tonight. I don't know whether you've seen it or not. Uh, and with all, the modern, with all the modern technology, but from once the ball is touched by the free taker, that player can run to an offside. It doesn't have to. At one time, it had to. Well, it was known as it would have to travel its own uh, circumference. It would have to turn. But now, from once the player touches the ball. Yeah. A player can run, and what would appear to any normal person is in an outside position. But once the ball is touched, he is not. Mm. The goal was uh, overruled because Vera could not determine whether the ball was touched. That's wow. ridiculous. And that is one. It, it is. It's just. It's. It's absolutely ridiculous. I yes, you know, you wouldn't be old enough to remember this, but I always remember an incident. Uh, I think it was Derby County actually that won the title back in the early 70s. Uh, I think they were away, the, the, the shock when they were told that they won the title. There was an incident uh, involved in uh, an outside decision that won against Leeds. I think it was Wolverhampton Wanderers who were playing, and all they needed was a win to win the title. And they would have won it, but for an absolute horrendous decision. Now, going back in those days, it didn't make a bit of difference. Where you are in the pitch, if you were offside, you were offside, and that was that was the law at the time. And there's a player on one side of the pitch. He was about four or five yards offside. Sister never put the flag up. 
the referee could clearly see it and waves play on. There was ructions after it. There was a couple of arrests made. And the people, that strange enough, the people that was arrested on that day weren't your normal teenager that fucking since these were it's some elderly men that was arrested over it. <laughs> so, over the years, they've tried and tried to change the, the laws. Now, do you know who the, the biggest culprits for with regards to changing, wanting the change in the laws of the game is the home countries. They dictate oh, really? to you, yeah. Northern Ireland, the Repu- not the Republic of Ireland, Northern Ireland, England, Scotland, and Wales. They actually dictate the, any change that comes in the laws of the game. To UEFA and FIFA. Is that why um, that English ref is on the board for UEFA, is it? What's his name? Yeah. Is it David Ellery, is it? Yeah. I, yeah. I, I remember so is, him. Is, 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 is he like a yeah. wow. He represents the, uh, the, the, the English fair uh, on the board. Uh, we have a, every country has someone from a friend of mine, John Ward, is our representative here on it. But the, the English and the Welsh and the Scotch and the Ireland, they actually, they come up with a, a change in a law that might be totally repugnant to the game. FIFA would nearly have to go along with it because this part of the, the contract that was done when international football was being set up because they, those were the people that actually set it up right. the international game and that and they had more or less wrote the book on the laws of the game so no one has ever changed now UEFA can introduce laws and tweak them whichever way as they want uh, but there's never a disagreement or an argument they, all, they, they work together in, in fairness to them but the unfortunate thing about as I said a lot of those people that does this type of thing some of them never even kicked a ball in their lives and wouldn't know what a football looks like other than yeah. you know, I've seen it on television. I, I think that's part of the problem with the uh, refereeing and, and how they're using VAR at the moment. I think they should have ex-professional footballers in the VAR room and they should be training ex-professional footballers as referees, I think. And yeah. I think that's the way you stamp out all this ridiculousness that's going on sometimes, I think. Well, I don't know how that works because I always remember the lad. Uh, I got into refereeing a next footballer here and he played I'm sorry he refereed as he played he'd break your leg (laughs) first time I went to see him you know I said to him in the dressing room you normally would not go near a referee at half time but I had to go in I felt compelled to go in from and say (laughs) you've got carrots in your pocket use them take them out (laughs) too lenient (laughs) three (laughs) Three games, Luke, and that's he was gone. I said, no, you're not suitable for it. <laughs> oh, so ex-footballers don't make good referees, I can tell you that. Yeah, okay, yeah, okay. we go with that then. Maybe just leave them in the bar room. <laughs> leave them in the bar? <laughs> yeah, 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 leave them in there. Uh, uh, yeah, so I'd like, uh, I, I appreciate all that, Jimmy, there now tonight. So what did you, uh, in the end, what did you score the referee? Was it 8.2 you gave him? 8.2, I give Stuart Hatter. I thought he did well on that. Uh, you know, as I said to you, referees, most of them go out. They don't want to be seen. They don't want to be noticed. They don't like the publicity. There's only one referee I know that courts publicity and that. And yeah. uh, he loves it. I think, you know, I'm talking about Mike Dean. I just speak about him. 
But yeah. uh, they just want to go do a job, get on with it. They don't want to bring that kind of publicity on themselves or their families and that. And that's what they're about. But unfortunately, you will get the odds uh, bad apple. Just on my yeah. Dean, Jimmy, um, there's obviously been some uh, some comments recently in the press, which which no human should uh, should be sort of uh, no, no. targeted with or anything um, about his family and stuff. He actually withdrew from from refereeing for, for the, was it the weekend just gone on the weekend before um, this weekend yeah. this weekend following uh, threats and uh, and whatnot. Um, I just wanted to know what what your thoughts were around that. Obviously, I would. As a, any any human being can't condone anything like that. It's a game of football at the end of the day, um, and it's really really unfair that even even Mike Dean, as as elaborate as he is, uh, should be subject to something as as, as dire and and empathetic as as that. No, he shouldn't be subject to that. And I I was uh, disgusted when I heard about the comments. And I don't know Mike Dean person, but I know where he comes from. My late wife came from the, his part of the world. Uh, he comes across as a very decent, very nice fellow, trying to over his uh, support. But the incident, though, that particular week, there was two incidents. Mm. Uh, in 17 seconds into the Southampton-Manchester United game, he sent a player off, which was rescinded. The red card was rescinded the next day. That's right. The, the incident with West Ham, it's, the player that went down for me was the player that should have been punished in that incident. Yeah. If that card was being rescinded, that player that went down should have been punished. And that's an issue that I have. I certainly know the referee can't uh, you know, say you haven't got a head injury, your you know, your jaw's not sore, whatever, or someone brushes past you. It's not his job. Mm. But when Vera looks at an incident like that where there's no contact as such, your arm is just brushed across someone's face and they go down like that, trying to get a penalty or whatever. Then mm. you know you have to take specific action. That player has to be dealt with, and I think this that's an issue that's coming up uh, pretty soon with your wife and FIFA. That right. they're going to look at that type of thing, and hopefully it'll stamp out a lot of what's going on. Mm. See, that, that, but that's it. Like if, yeah. if 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 you do target players like that, Jimmy, I think. You're going to see an awful lot of play acting just disappear overnight. I think, like, because there won't be a, there won't be as quick to 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 act up if if they know, like that 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 incident with the West Ham player and, and Mitrovic was like absolutely. If, if Mitrovic knew he was going to get retrospectively punished, he probably wouldn't have done anything. In rugby league, for instance, they have, if they have an ed- a head injury, they have to have a they have to go for a HIA, which is head injury assessment, and they have to have that full assessment while they're replaced by a substitute or or somebody else can come on the pitch in their place for I think it's I think the HIA takes place over a ten minute period. But if mm. if that if that team knew that they were going to lose potentially one of their star players that's rolling around on the floor saying they've hurt themselves, if they were going to lose lose them for ten minute assessment, would that would that help? Do you think? Well, the problem there, Luke, is now in rugby they have an independent doctor. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not the team coach. There's an independent doctor that assesses head injuries and that, because we can have prior to uh, allowing substitutes for head injuries and that there was a lot of play acting going on uh, with head injuries mm-hmm. and that uh, in rugby. Now you would have to have the same situation in the game of soccer where it would be an independent doctor 
that would carry out a head injury assessment and that uh, acting on his report could determine the outcome of what punishment could be allocated to the player going down looking to circumvent the laws of the game for his own benefit and his team's benefit. That's an issue that's going to be looked at now. Now, whether they're going to use their own doctors or not, I don't know. But I do know that it's going to be looked at that um, this type of play acting is going to be stamped out. Perfect. Right. So please, God, yeah. Yeah, it'd be nice to eradicate that kind of play acting from the game now, to be fair. Like, it'd just be, get the flow of the game going properly again and stuff like that, you know. Um, Yeah. Go on. If you have have incidents like we see with certain players, you've only got to touch them and they roll over. And what type of contact are you allowed? You know, it's it's a contact sport. You know, if you take like our national sport, as you know, Gary football. Yeah, mm. someone's head can be hanging off before referee will take it. You know, they can <laughs> be dragged. The, yeah. you know, I mean, hurling is the mo- probably one of the most dangerous sports. Yeah, field sports in, in in the world, and yeah. there's never ever an issue with referees. You never no. hear a referee being talked about or criticised in a game of hurling, and yet it's probably the most dangerous field sport in the world. Well, let's be honest. Like, Look, if 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 it was a case that the referee was going to get turned on, he's getting turned on by thirty odd lads with sticks. You know what I mean? He's, he's not going to he's not going to try and bark up the wrong tree of, uh, against thirty lads with sticks and eventually another fifteen on the bench. Like, <laughs> you know, I I did speak to um, a chap uh, when I was working the public service. Uh, he refereed two hurling finals. And the question I brought to him is the level of fitness they have because the pitch is much longer and that. And he more or less said the same thing as you did, Carol. You're not going to give out to someone, you know, when you have four or five Irish teammates holding the hurlies in their hand. <laughs> <laughs> it's madness. You, you smile, you know, you give it, you know, a big smile and you deal with it like but it is a very dangerous sport. But you never see them rolling over when they get injured or you know, it's mind-boggling when you see a soccer player. He just gets a, a little tap and he's down and he's rolling over. I see one in with Jack Grealish. He, I'd say if it was oh, in the Olympic Games in the high jump, <laughs> well, he'd, he'd probably have got a bronze medal anyways. He was that high. <laughs> yeah. You know, well, yeah. and the only thing about it, he caught the, he, when he went down, he was holding the wrong damn leg. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's it's not the first time he's done that all season. Like it's crazy stuff. And no. referees are still letting him get away with it. But again, it's like you were before saying, we Jimmy, if they punished him. Before we, before we finish this up, there was right. a, a character here you might remember him, George Lally. No. I don't know whether you ever remember him or not, Carol. Well, George was a, a gentleman. Uh, he was very much involved in the cycling club, but he was also, when I was in the boxing club, he was involved in the boxing club. And we were at a tournament uh, up in Donegal some years back, quite a number of years back. And George got into the ring. He looked the part, all dressed up. And referee called him together when the bell went, the touch gloves. George went down on one knee. And the referee didn't know what to do about it. And so he went over and he said to George, he says, he didn't hit you. I know, he says, but why... Why? Why? To lay the consequences. Do your job. <laughs> Count me out. <laughs> <laughs> and 
That's a fact. That is a fact. So they never lose communists. You count them. That is a fact. And oh, that's look. Anyone will tell you that story. You know, he was such a character. This is, you know, and I'm going to put down. But he says, "Why delay the never? Just carry on." And he never boxed again after that. <laughs> he probably wasn't allowed to. <laughs> no, uh, yeah, that, that's brilliant, Jimmy. Yeah. Yeah. Look, look, Jimmy, thanks very much for your time again now this week. We'll finish up. And uh, what we'll do is I'll give you a shout uh, for a review of the uh, referee for the Wolverhampton game on Friday. And see how you get down. Yeah, see what you think of that. Yeah, sound as a pound. Uh, Luke, yeah. thanks very much for uh, coming on again as well today. Thank you very much. Nice to see you again, Jimmy. Good evening. Hey, it's Paige Desorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being fifty to eighty percent less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Thank you for listening to another Auto Know Better podcast, the Independent Legion United podcast. You can engage with us via our socials on YouTube and Twitter at the address at Auto Know Better with your thoughts on the show or subjects you'd like us to discuss. You can even join us live and have your say while we're recording on our YouTube channel for the main weekly show and the Berardi and Coke after match podcasts. With three years' worth of content you can listen back to, from interviews with former Leeds players and managers to Hollywood stars, Maybe choose carefully which match reviews to check out, though. Remember to subscribe on whichever app you choose to follow us on.